HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. We've talked a lot about the pivots and changes restaurants are making since the pandemic started, but some restaurants are staying true to their core identity, making it work while adding on additional revenue streams. With a quote-unquote cold, dark winter upon us, how are restaurateurs planning to keep their teams employed, their businesses intact, and their customers happy while maintaining what they've built? Our guest today is Nico Russell, a chef and co-owner of Oxalis, a Michelin-starred neighborhood bistro in Crown Heights, Brooklyn. Oxalis garnered fans for offering a hyper-seasonal and affordable-tasting menu, which people travel to Crown Heights and big droves before the pandemic to enjoy. And they continue to do their tasting menu today in addition to offering an a la carte menu outdoors and also pantry subscriptions. So let's dive right in. Welcome to the show, Nico. So excited to have you here. Welcome, Nico. Have me. So tell us um, tell us what's what's going on at Axalis these days. Yeah, so currently we are offering um, indoor and outdoor dining. Um, we are offering indoor 25% our tasting, which is about eight to nine courses um, inside. And then um, outside, we are still kind of uh, running our summer, the end of our a pop-up we ran in the summer called Plastifet, which was a kind of mimicked after a French wine cove or um, a wine bar in Paris. Um, but I think we are about to kind of have new plans for that back outdoor space coming in December, which we're really excited about. And then, um, yeah, we work with a little bit of uh, our pantry. We do a little bit of um, pantry goods as well from uh, Table 22. It's a company we've partnered with um, selling our butter, little vinegars, ferments and things like that. So um, we've got a few different things going on, but, you know, trying to... Nico, what is uh what does two, 25% mean for you as far as like actual numbers inside? Inside, um, it's around 18 guests. Okay, that's so, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, we can get a few seatings um, out of that, which you know will get us to around 34, 36 um, on weekend evenings, um, which isn't too bad. Um, we've made our what we've done is we've actually kind of made our tasting menu a little bit longer. Um, which is something we were thinking about actually pre-pandemic. Um, so we've been able to make it a little bit longer. 
kind of draw out the menu a little bit more, um, which has been actually kind of a good thing for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's all things considered, it's been, um, you know, it's been, uh, it's good for the staff to get a little bit back to what we did before the pandemic, get a little bit of energy going. Yeah, I was going to ask about, because it is, it's interesting, like a lot of places that had tasting menus haven't, you know, really returned to them. They've sort of just like pumped the brakes. But I thought it was interesting that you guys went back to it. And I was curious, like, what has the guest reception been? Or do you see like an appetite for people, you know, wanting to enjoy these longer meals? We do, to be honest. I think, uh, you know, a lot of the people who supported the tasting before um, are still coming back. They're the first people kind of in the door. Um, and, you know, it's still even more people are, you know, they're trying to celebrate. Um, we're lucky enough and fortunate that we have a, night, uh, a large enough restaurant where it can be spaced out appropriately. It can be, you know, it, it can be conscious. Um, you know, obviously we're tracking and everything inside, but you know, I think the reception has been positive, to be honest. And your and your team is excited too. You were saying they were the ones that actually pushed it for us um, when the whole idea kind of came kind of came across. We were doing the outdoor pop up, and we were doing um, Oxal's pantry, our pantry box, um, and you know, we had little whispers of it, and then our staff kind of got wind of it, and they kind of approached uh, my business partner Steve and I. And they were like, look, we, chef, we really want to do this. This is something we're really, you know, we'd be excited to do indoor, you know, because they feel, you know, I talk to them all the time and they feel like they had really learned something during um, the summer months where all the different changes. There's a lot of confidence in that group. You know, they feel like, you know, that it's taught them so much more than just a linear restaurant um, and just like coming in, doing service and leaving. You know, they feel like, you know, they had kind of expressed to me, they feel like they had learned a bunch of different new skills that they were really excited about and they wanted to reapply that to, um, you know, the old way we did things or the, the way we did before uh, COVID. What kind of, tell us about that. Like what kind of skills have people acquired and you know, could tell us how, like, what were those changes? Well, I think from a kitchen perspective, it was, you know, one thing is from a cook's perspective, they were, they were cooking a different style of food every week. Um, you know, we're doing these little date night kits and brunch kits. So every week that's two different styles of cuisine. Um, and that was, you know, we were just, what we would do is we would, you know, the week before we'd go through a region that we wanted to cook from. We talked to authentic dishes and we would do our best to recreate them, which we all get to learn there, um, doing food we've never done before. And then um, just from like a management and organizational standpoint, it really made us a lot stronger. I feel like it was, you know, understanding you know i think all the cooks even you know for myself down to the sous chefs and even all the cooks really understand like you know how much how many portions you'll get out of something or just really just helped you from an organizational standpoint um with food in general and the same with the bar program because you know our bartender um he you know he's doing all these little cocktail packs and he's been kind of just you know, kind of making these little things and get to R&D a little bit. And, you know, it feels, you know, even again, organizing and managing all that um, with the volume we did was was huge for him. I mean, it's always good to see the silver linings that people, that people share. I love it. Um, tell us a little bit. So you were starting to mention that you're going to change things for what's happening outdoors. So, you know, you were saying that you do, you're doing a pop-up essentially. That's an all-cart menu. So tell us about your plan for the winter. 
Tell us about the patio too. It's it's not you don't have a sidewalk patio. You have like an alleyway, right? Yeah, we were really lucky. It used to be people were just parking cars back there, but they cleared it out right before the pandemic. And then we were lucky enough just to we just reached out about it and uh, uh, we got the space. Um, and, you know, we just did the best thing we could. We wanted to mimic the energy we thought was fun, you know, wine bars in Paris and Europe that we loved. And we thought that that would uh, be a good energy to bring. And it worked out really well for us, you know, um, a lot of wine, a lot of fresh you know, in the summertime, we served just a lot of fresh, fresh fruits, um, charcuterie, um, some large format like skate wing, things like that, that were really fun for us. Um, it was a concept that my partner and I had been working on um, before the pandemic even hit. So it was something that we, that we really wanted to bring to fruition anyways. Um, so it was really fun. And then for the winter, I think, you know, I think if you talk to anybody, you'll see the volume is just so much, just just declined so much in the last four weeks um so i think for december we're gonna do a little winter market um something kind of fun out there a little kind of winter wonder back there in the alley um just a lot more casual but something a little bit more time of the season and you kind of see how that goes through december so that's going to be starting next week or next week next, next week are you doing anything to like winterize or you're just going to like let it ride? Tell us about yeah. how that's going to work. Winterized it a little bit. We put up uh, an enclosure and there's some heaters, but I mean, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's just, we got to do a little more, but even with what we've done, we've seen a little bit of a decline in volume. So um, I think something where, you know, you kind of push the narrative. We talked about it today. Something you kind of push the narrative and it's meant to be outside. They're meant to kind of do all these things. Um, to keep you warm and just kind of be out and about, um, mm -hmm. freeze a little bit more of a cohesive than sitting down and sitting down for like 60 to 90 minutes, um, you know, hoping you stay warm kind of thing. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I, I mean, um, yeah, it's a tricky I, one. No, it is tricky, but I think that's smart to like, so you're basically setting expectations that this is not meant to be a 90 minute winterized outdoor patio. It's like you, it's meant to be like, we're eating and drinking outside and it's the middle of winter, like Nordic style kind of situation. That's exactly what we're trying to do. You know, when I lived in Europe, those are always places I loved. I was like, mm. wild. This is so fun. And no one really cared. They're like, we're outside, <laughs> we're, we're drinking this stuff. This is like, we're staying warm. We're golly it's so good you know and but then i think for us in new yorkers you know i think we're we're getting used to that idea but i think this winter is going to be one where we're definitely easing into it a little bit more yeah i mean i think it's smart to set the expectation it's like you know this isn't meant to be an outdoors converted into like a auxiliary dining room that we're going to try to like heat with a bunch of propane i mean i think if you set that expectation did you guys go through different ideas of, you know, what you would do outside? Did you look at the, you know, the um, the super warm package where you you do insulation and windows and all that stuff, or did you just sort I mean, of it's have? Just a, it's a big ask. Yeah. You know, like financially at a time when it's just a big, it's a big fucking ask, and like for us, we're just like what do you do? Um, is it that? Is it not that? You know, especially because you know who knows what. You know, I think the winter, December will be a fun month. You know, I think the winter, the holidays always kind of push people out. I still think outside of the pandemic, but, you know, then there's January and February where you're like, um, okay, now what, you know? Um, it's like 
15 degrees outside, 20 degrees outside. So I think we just, we just were planning on this for December and then kind of getting, trying to see how that looks and see how that goes. Right. Yeah. I think we're back the, um, your outdoor space, you said it was, so that's a lease. That's not just um, space that you were able to tag on. And it's, yeah, it's something that we, it's a nice little, um, it's something we figured out with the landlord who has a few buildings on the street and we reached out to him and he's been very supportive. So. And how very long do you, do you have that just through the year or do you have it longer? Yeah, we're, we're figuring that out. I think we talked to a lot of people who have, who have uh, little leases next to their restaurant or around it. Not something that they initially signed on to. So I think yeah, just curious out. if like the future, do you feel like the future of dining will have this like outdoor component? Will, we, will it become the Paris style where people are just always outside eating? See, I thought the energy this summer was great with it. Um, but it does put a little strain on you as an operator. I can say, I mean, it's great, but it's also like, you know, there's a lot of things that you didn't, the restaurant's not built for um, that you're trying to, you know, figure out, um, which, you know, I think there's, there's good and bad. I think ultimately it's good for the city though. Right. What are some of the things that you wouldn't have thought of that have strains by being, by having the outdoor? For us, food has to travel super far. Right. Like, like food has to travel very, very far. So like we come up with a dish, you know, and like, you know, we're thinking about something we're like, Oh, this would be so great. But then, you know, when it's 90 to 80 degrees outside, it's one thing, but when it's, you know, when it's, you know, the last few weeks when it's so cold outside, it was like, is it hot when it gets there? Right. You know, it's something we really, we really try to figure out because it's so much of eating something, no matter how nice it is or looks, if you get something that's supposed to be hot and it's cold, it's, you're never going to enjoy it. Now, Jenny and I talked about this a little bit when it started because we both worked at uh, Commander's Palace in New Orleans, which is this giant restaurant and has know, yeah. a kitchen in one spot and, and you know, dining tables. <laughs> far away, yards and yards away, and, and every single dish went out with this metal covering that's something from, from the 80s, but it, yeah. they work. And we were just kind yeah. of curious if we would start to see those <laughs> resurgence in these in plates being covered that way. And, and how does that even work with all the new like artisan plates that everyone is a different size? And it's, a, it's definitely a challenge, but hot food I, needs to be hot, right? It's gotta be hot, it's gotta be hot. It's, it's the biggest rule, food's gotta be hot, you know? So it's. I don't know. You see, I mean, we definitely talked about that um, for something, but you see a lot of people have disposable plates too. Um, you know, so it's all just kind of trying to figure it out. Right. How are you guys planning your menu for the winter garden? Considering this, are you you know, trying to like not worry about the hot food or do like more soups or things that'll keep longer? Oh, we got, we got a, we got some fun stuff planned. It's, you know, when I lived in Belgium for a little bit, there's some classics out there, like some Flemish classics and, some really old school French classics I think that we can do out there that we can keep warm in a way. Um, maybe really fun, you know, it'd be very, very casual. Um, but I think for, you know, for the energy we want to bring to that um, for December, I think it'll, it'll fit perfectly. Cool. We're developing an apron with a fuzzy, with a fuzzy uh, hand pocket liner. So I feel like this will go well in your like winter wonderland. <laughs> <laughs> Things are different. Yeah. Uh, like, yeah. Perfect. Um, anyways, I, I love that. I, so, so now we talked a little bit about the outside and you also mentioned your additional revenue stream is your pantry program. Um, so tell us a little bit about how that started and how it's going and, and the plans for that for the future. 
you know, it's something that we really were passionate about. When we opened the restaurant, my other partner, Piper, and myself, um, you know, like, you're a restaurant in New York. There's a lot of restaurants in New York. You're all buying from the same farmer's market, same purveyors. You know, how do you differentiate yourself, kind of making your own little pantry and developing your own flavor profile? I think it's an important way to do it. And uh, so, you know, we do a lot of the fermentation at our restaurant, a lot of vinegars, a lot of other misos and things like that, like, like a lot of restaurants these days. But, um, you know, when we shut down, you know, the one thing, you know, there's a few things I think that are really good sellers, like our, our house culture and butter. And, you know, once we pivoted into that in the spring, it was like, you know, we were selling 25 pounds of butter a week, you know, 30 pounds of butter a week. Um, so I think it's good to share that with people who love your restaurant and support it. Um, that want to use some of these things at home. And it's been, it's been really good for us. You know, we stopped pantry for a little bit. I said, I mentioned earlier, we do work with a, a company called Table 22. It, we do a monthly subscription with them. So once a month we do a wine share and some little vinegars and things like that, that rotate every month. Um, but I think we're about to pivot back into, we're about to move back into uh, pantry a little bit for the winter as well. And so the pantry program will be your vinegars and then it's also, um, and like your ferments that you were mentioning, are you also doing like, like, uh, meats and vegetables? Spring we did vegetables, but I, I gotta be honest. It's like, you know, it was, it might've been a bad time, but you know, we were so close to the grand army farmer's market. It was a really hard, mm-hmm. hard thing to try to like, you know, we're selling vegetables and people are coming from the farmer's market. <laughs> we're buying, those, buying from those farmers. It's like, a little meta yeah. you know people are like yeah, What's yeah. Going on? but so <laughs> one thing we really found was like the prepared kits are, are we called our date night kits those were like our those were our gold those were our golden ticket those are the, the highest selling thing by far and they really really um supported the pantry program so i think we'll just you know we're going to go back into that um not spread ourselves as thin because we're going to have the market and a little bit of indoor but how do you staff that? So now you basically have three different like businesses. Are you running it out of the same kitchen using the same team? How are you like dividing and conquering that? You know, I think our team is, they're just, they're superheroes. I'm so kind of amazed at what they can do. And honestly, they've been operating like this for the last few months and they all kind of um, understand it now. We've kind of uh, shifted into this um you know okay today is this tomorrow is this tomorrow are these two things um and they've again like i said earlier they've all it does such a good job at like really working through the summer with all the pantry and the high volume um that they had and all the different constantly evolving world we live in in this industry they've all kind of evolved and grown as well and uh it's kind of it's kind of uh kind of part of you know things that they've learned and they've helped develop for the restaurant, you know, like these things are not successful without them, you know, and they've helped, they've been such a huge part of that for us um, and helping us, you know, create the systems for us to do it sustainably. Not just like, Oh great. That was one good weekend. It was like, you know, okay, next week, let's do this. Maybe we can do this. You know, like it's always an active conversation with them and they're, they're always, um, their input is extremely vital to, you know, the success of anything that we do. So, and the pantry is available for pickup at, at the restaurant. Is that correct? Are you guys planning to ship or, you know? We, we did delivery in the summer and we're going to go back to delivery. So I think we're going to put some stuff online to go kind of open back up next week um, for delivery and pickup. And then the other one that I mentioned, Table 22, is through descript- uh, subscription through their website.
and that's that's a monthly kit that's just like pantry stuff only and then ours is ours is like meal kits so like if you want to pick up some you know some brisket or you know some other things that we're doing at the restaurant um you just go through our website table 22 do they sign up directly for your restaurant or are they signing up for all the restaurants on Certain you can sign up for... specifically. Yeah, you can sign up for for ours specifically. You can go through other restaurants as well. I think they have a few different partnerships, um, but you can go to just ours as well. But that's interesting too. So they're like aggregating for a bunch yeah. of restaurants. So for other people who are looking to get into like maybe you know selling their sauces or their wares or whatever, they can also sign up directly too. A lot of us, and I look and throughout the city, and everyone's been so great with the way that they've been so flexible and. I'm always like so impressed at everyone and what they're doing. But, you know, a lot of these people, we don't have the resources and the systems built in initially to get it going. So it made sense for us um, to kind of keep a little bit of this narrative because we felt like the winter was going to be like this, even when we shut down pantry for a little bit. We knew that the winter was going to demand it to come back. So the way that we wanted to kind of keep, you know, that small little flickering burn on was that monthly subscription. And Table 22 was like the perfect people. They were like the perfect people to team up with for it. Is that something you think you'll keep going after this yeah, is all sure. pseudo back to normal? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's good too because, you know, again, like the people who really, you know, appreciate our, our restaurant and the things we do, um, they love like, you know, they want our butter at their house. They're like, I can't eat any butter. You know, they want, you know, some vinegars at their house that we made. They want, you know, they want some fun things that we make and, I want your cultured butter at our house. I'm like, it's pretty well. I know. I'm like 30 pounds of it a week. I don't know. We go through about five pounds a week at our house. There are two kids. Um, anyways, I, let's take a quick break and we'll come back with lightning round and opening soon announcements. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden, the truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Cool. All right, so we're back with some lightning round. Um, Al, you want to kick us off? Sure, we haven't done this in a while, um, but I'm glad we're bringing it back. So, Nico, street patios, are they buildings or are they patios? 
Those are a bit of both, I would say. I know <laughs> but a bit of both. Depends on where you are, right? I mean, I see some of these things going up, and it's like, how is that different <laughs> than sitting inside? Oh, man, I have a yes-no like, no barometer, and I probably should not be talking because there are probably some people listening. Like, what are you doing? Be an advocate. But everyone's trying to make it. I get it. I get I'm it. I'm an advocate. I think it's great. I just think it's yeah. like silly that the city is like, you can't eat inside. But you can build an outside, an inside, outside, and then they can eat there right next to each other with like a piece of plastic in between. I mean, I think it's just like a visual testament to how overregulated the restaurant industry is. <laughs> and like my opinion, I'm just like, it's just blatant in that regard. I don't know. I will say everyone is going to be a master builder, contractor, <laughs> no restaurant, Crazy. no restaurant owner after this is going to need a general contractor to build out shit. I'm telling yeah. you, we, uh, our whole, half our staff has been, like, we've all built everything. So general contractors, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so I'll take the next one. For your, what's your, on a scale of one to 10, what is the patient toler- patient's tolerance for rude customers during the pandemic? Oh, it's a big goose egg for me. <laughs> big goose egg. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, our staff likes to talk about it, but you know, like I'm always been very, even before the pandemic, I'm always very, uh, I'm always very protective of our staff, you know, and um, I've never been one for that. You know, if someone's rude to our staff. Someone feels, if anyone feels uncomfortable around a guest, I show up at your table. You know, that's like, that's what happens. So like, I just go straight there and I have a conversation and, you know, I'll get in front of it because you never want our staff, any staff, anyone's staff to feel uncomfortable or unsafe around somebody. So, um, you know, I'm always, I have zero patience for it. Yeah, I would agree yeah, with I think, that. Yeah, I think that. Um... It's so funny, too, because I will show up at someone's table, probably when they know they're being rude. And, you know, it tune changes a little bit. You know, <laughs> you know they, they don't really keep that same energy. And, you know, it doesn't happen very often. I do need to say that with us. We're very fortunate. But, you know, I mean, I'm sure outdoor dining, I'm sure a lot of people who listen to this can say the same, that outdoor dining has brought your outside in New York. You know, there's a lot of things, you know, a lot of people having a wild time all over the streets, you know, which is fine, but they might stumble in and, you know, just got to have a conversation about that, you know, especially too, you know, people are having a good time and, good times can lead to other things that end up on your doorstep when you have an outdoor restaurant. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> also makes you very, I'm trying to be very PC here, but it also <laughs> makes you very flexible to, you know, you got to have a lot of conversation, a lot of different people, you know, but yeah. well, that's the thing is I think that for, for so long people are very, you know, PC and try and, you know, understand that someone's having a bad day or whatnot. I think it, during the pandemic though, I think, you know, anyone that ha- has sort of, breach that line is is open to to fair game from business owners and from <laughs> restaurant workers. Zero tolerance. Yeah. yeah. And look, I think there's a fine line too. Like I don't want people hearing this to be like, yeah, it gives me a right to just be to be rude to people. It's like, no, you know, like I love taking care of people. I love cooking for people. We love doing all these things, you know, it's why we open the restaurant. But you know, I think that there's there's a line that people cross more often than not, you know, when they do when they do choose to cross it that, you know, Hey, when you're being a dick, the fuck out of here. Like, no one's got time for that. The fuck yeah. out of here. Like, or like, if you don't like a fucking, if you don't like getting your temperature taken, like, 
get in the fucking time machine and go back because that's the fucking state of the world we live in. I've got 25% you know I mean? of my seats. We don't need you in them. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's fair. Totally fair. I will say from us, the indoor, the indoor crowd that's come in has been awesome. They've all yeah. been really cool, really respectful. A lot of them were our regulars before, but they've been like, we've been really, really lucky with that. Outdoor as well. Um, but I will say people indoor, I thought that some of them would be nervous, but they've all been really cool. You could tell me one key thing that has helped keep your business moving through the pandemic. Oh my God, our staff. Our staff is like, they are everything. They've, I know it might, they just have been watching these people, just watching our, like the staff, just the way that they've been able to be flexible with us and help just my sanity. It's been awesome. Like nothing that we could have done is without them. You know, they, they bring so much to the table every day and it's, I'm just so lucky to be a part of it. You know, I'm so lucky to, to have a team of people that, you know, believe in me so much, you know, I'm just like, you know, and my, my partners, you know, we're so lucky that people believe in us that like want to follow us and these things. It's, I know that's probably a, you know, a very generic answer, but it's so true when you own a restaurant with so many people that are part of it, you know, I'm such a firm believer, like restaurants are not one person ever, you know, it's like a group of people coming together and, this has really shown us that for sure. Yeah, this it's this has been a consistent theme, especially with all the conversations we've been having. And I, I think I, I think in some way, like I think the silver lining from the pandemic is that people will I hope that people in restaurants will be compensated better because I think that everybody realizes how hard. I mean, I know owners have always realized that, we all have always realized it, but I think I hope that the general public will appreciate it more and there will be a, a better way to compensate people moving forward. That's that's my silver lining for the pandemic after. Um, all right, one more question. Best piece of business advice for owners approaching the winter? Um, don't wait. Do you see something changing? Change it. Like, I think that before, I know this is a little bit unclear, but, you know, I think before in a restaurant, you're like, oh, we had a kind of a slow week. Maybe it'll be better next week. Change it. Just if it's not working, something's not working, change it. I don't think that one thing that we've learned through this is that, I mean, you look at someone like our group where we've, we've made so many different changes over the last eight, nine months. We've only done it just because we don't want to be like, a month later after the fact, we're like, oh shit, we had a really bad month. You know, we want to be really flexible about it. And it's been very helpful for us. You know, we, we're really, we're really proactive in like looking at what's working and what's not, you know, and we're very quick on the draw with that. And that's, that's testament to my business partner, Steve, um, Steve Wong. But I mean, we both, you know, we had, you know, it's our second year. We just, our second birthday was two days ago at the restaurant, which was huge. And, um, yes. you know, the first, yeah, the first year, you know, we, we kind of learned a lot about that. So, you know, we were able to, you know, we saw something that was kind of shifting in another direction. We would just we would tweak it and change it. Yeah, I think it's been, um, I think that's something that we've definitely seen through the pandemic is that customers are super, are super flexible with people's changes. And I think in some ways it's kind of exciting. And I think people who've stayed active and stayed pushing forward are seeing good results from it. So I think that's really good advice. Yeah. And like, trust your gut. Like if you're an owner and operator in a restaurant, you know, like 
you know what? If somebody's not working, you'll, you'll, you'll feel that, you know? Yeah. Yep. It's like going back to basics, trusting your gut instead of all these plans that we forecasts we've been making for years. Yeah. It's like um, your gut is your, your intuition, which is what it's all your experience. And all we do is talk about our resumes and our experience. I feel like that everyone always does in restaurants. Like, oh, it's here. It's here. It's great. But it's your gut from all that experience telling you this isn't right. You know? So I don't know. That's something that we always joke about. I got the smartest person in the room, you know, and it's always like, <laughs> the truth is it's so hard to, to know. And, you know, sometimes you're right. Sometimes you're not, but you'd rather get ahead of it than wait for something to come and hit at you like a, like a ton of bricks. For sure. Awesome. All right. Let's talk about opening soon announcements um, or reopening soon or changing. So we know your opening soon is that your patio will be a winter wonderland or your alleyway, I should say. Any other friends or colleagues who recently opened or are reopening that you want to shout out, Nico? Yeah, I got um, a friend of mine, Zach Wangman. He's uh, running a pop-up Sobre Masa at Etiquette and just by the Williamsburg Bridge um, over on Broadway. Uh, I went the other night. It was awesome. Best flan I've ever had by far. Um, it's all Oaxacan food. He's from Oaxaca. So it's all very, um, kind of food that he grew up with. And it was, we had a really, really great time. Um, yeah. And that was kind of, kind of the only thing, um, my really good friend is running a pop-up called Beijing Yankee. Uh, he was the CDC at Uncle Boone's. Um, his name's Sherwin Burroughs. It's really delicious delivery food if people are looking for stuff throughout the city. He's from uh, Barbados originally, so it's really, really delicious stuff. But those are the two. Awesome. How long is the one? Adequate's like four blocks from our house, so I'm like definitely going to hit that up. How long is that Googling one going for? Right yeah. I think it's a few months. I think he just said he found a space for, um, he's looking at some spaces, but um, he's going to be there for a little bit. Um, it's really delicious, though. The tortillas were great. The food was great. The food was great. And it's, you know, listening to someone like that talk about the food. I always, you know, I'm such a passionate person myself. So when I meet somebody and like, they can't wait to just like, almost like talk all this passion at me. I'm just like, it's like, I love that. I like everyone I meet that's like that. I'm like that. So I really appreciate that. I love it. Cool. Um, so the only shout out, we just came off of Black Friday, Cyber Monday and all the shop small stuff. And we felt the shop small really big this year. So like, thank you to loyal customers, especially, you know, like you too, Oxalis, who's been wearing our stuff for the past two years since you opened. Um, so I wanted to shout out some of our food business friends who are starting to ship this year. So Lonnie Holiday, who was on the show earlier this season. You can now buy her treats on her website. It's brutusbakeshop.com. And another one of our um, friends from down in DC, Paula Velez from La Bodega is now shipping her treats. She makes this unbelievable rum cake and these cookies called Thickums. And they just started shipping this past week. So check them out. Al, you want to wrap us up? Yeah, so we'll put a um, we'll put a wrap up of today's show on our website tillitnyc.com, and if you're not on our email list, then get on our email list. We'll also send one to your inbox. Uh, special thanks again, Nico, for joining us. Can you tell us um, how do we find follow you on social? Yeah, uh, you can find us at the restaurant is Oxalis NYC, um, or you can follow my personal, which is Nico Russell Ox. Out of Instagram, 
and then yep that's where we are that's where we Whoa. live on the internet that's where you live on the internet otherwise in brooklyn yep. uh, in real life and then for us you can find us at till at nyc or at we are opening soon and we'll see you later thanks uh thanks again nico thank you Opening Soon is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org, and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You could also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.